Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. How many have been blessed with this word so far, this, this time of teaching so far? We got a couple of more weeks, and, and I want you to really lean in today. Because I believe that, that even, even where some of our continence is, th- this is indicative of where we are and where God wants to take us. Uh, I do not believe that, that God gives us these series and these points of teaching just so that we can have it. But I believe that God gives it to us by divine orchestration. And so today uh, we are going to dig into the idea of challenge. Challenge. Everybody say challenge. I can't even do it anymore. <clears throat> challenge, all right? Just as sure as change is imminent, challenges are unavoidable. You got to know that challenges are unavoidable. Martin Luther King Jr. says this, the ultimate measure of a man or a woman for that matter, is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and adversity. Again, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and adversity. I believe these words of Dr. King are ringing true in our ears today because if you're anything like me, you have a couple of ways of being. Uh, You got an attitude for when things are good and you got an attitude for when things are not. If you're anything like me, people can tell by your face whether they should talk to you or not. I ain't ain't preaching about you, I'm preaching about me. But if you're anything like me, people can tell by the intonation of your voice whether they can ask or something or whether they should just move on. (laughs) If you're anything like me, people can tell by your body posture. Help me, Jesus. Whether, whether or not you are willing to engage at the present time. Dr. King says, I can tell how good you are, or for that matter, how great you are as an individual, by where you stand at times of challenge and adversity. I, I, I honor you and I celebrate you for making it in this room right now. And, and, and I give you great applause for doing so. But I want you to know that this is not the sum total of the judgment of your character. We will begin to really determine the measure of who you are by how you stand, how you operate when times of challenge comes. So today, as we go into this next installment of transition, we need to deal with the issue of challenge. Because we're all being challenged. Some, some folk are challenging you right now. 
Some of us are going to face a challenge on Monday. Some of us had a challenge yesterday. So we're going to all have challenge, but now we need to get some strength as it relates to how to deal with these challenges. We're going to be reading quite a few scriptures today, uh, but it's going to be done in the same time frame. You won't be here any longer than normal, all right? Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 48 through 52. Now, again, we're using as a backdrop for this time of transition uh, the, the transition of Moses, Joshua, and Israel. So we, we, we've, we've talked through several circumstances. We talked about choice. Amen. And now we're pushing ourselves into the place of challenge. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 48. Uh, you, can, you can stand if you like. Thank you, Trudy. Please, I appreciate that. We will stand for the reading of our Lord and Savior's word. Shout out to everybody who got a leather and paper Bible. Hey, come on, come on. It still works. No charge necessary. <laughs> uh, listen to what the scripture says. That very day, the Lord spoke to Moses. Go up to the mountain of Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, opposite of Jericho. And view the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel for possession. Verse 50, this is tough here. And die on the mountain which you go up. Be gathered to your people as Aaron your brother died in the Mount of Hor and was gathered to his people. Why you want me to go up here and die, Jesus? Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the people of Israel at the waters of Meribeth Kadesh. And in the land of Zen. And because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the people of Israel. 52. Insult to injury. For you shall see the land before you, but you shall not go there. Into the land that I am giving to the people of Israel. Collect your emotions and be seated. In case the scripture wasn't clear enough, the people are literally eyesight away from Jericho and Canaan. They can literally see the promised land from where they're presently located. They can see it. I'm reminded of, I'm reminded of when, when my, my, my family, uh, my family, mother and my son, my daughters and my wife, we all gathered up in the family car and we drove to Arizona for vacation. And, and, and we, and as we were going into the national park, we could see in essence part of the mountains and ridges. We could almost see the Grand Canyon. We were inside of it. It's, it's an amazing sight when you're, when you're pulling up onto that amazing place. Imagine, if you would, the very place you've been wanting to go to your whole life. And you're eyesight away from it. You're not close enough to touch it, but you are close enough to see it. And then God says, because of something you did long time ago, I'm going to let you see it 
but you can't go in it. Cold blood. In this text today, God tells Moses, I need you to go up to this mountain. And Moses thinks nothing of it because he's told him to go to, up to a mountain many times before. And generally, every time God tells Moses to go up to a mountain, it's because God wants to give him something. And so he's probably excited, like, okay, whoo, cool, I'm about to get another gift. All right, God, come on. I, he, he, if you remember from last week, uh, when, we, when we're navigating through the songs of Moses, watch this. The Bible says if you keep reading on, he had Moses write a couple more songs. So at first he thought it was just a single. It turned into be an OLP. The whole, whole record. And so now he tells Moses, go up to the mountain again. So like, okay, you got another song for me. You got some more lyrics. Well, what you got? He says, I want you to go up to the mountain because I want you to see the promised land. Oh, cool, cool. All right, I can go back and tell Israel what it looked like so they can prepare themselves and pack properly. Yes. All right. No, when you get up there, I want you to look at Canaan, and then I want you to lay down and die. I beg your pardon? <laughs> I want you to lay down and die. But why, Lord? I'll tell you why I want you to lay down and die. I want you to lay down and die because, number one, you broke faith with me, and we're about to dig into this, and you did not make me holy before Israel. Let's dig into this. The first, the first note I have for you. What we do now in frustration will follow us into our future and possibly cause us to miss our promise. I, can't, I ain't got nothing for you but description. Tell your neighbor everything will be all right. I hope. Listen, what we do now in frustration will necessarily follow us into our future. And if you do a good enough job at being frustrated, and if you tell them off good enough, if you break it hard enough, if you sit in that pain deep enough, that thing could even possibly hinder you from seeing the promise of God. Now, let me wrestle with this for a moment because I'm not saying that anybody's going to miss heaven. No, I believe everybody who receives Christ as their Lord and Savior, you're going to get to heaven. I believe that. That's the scripture. I believe it. If you accept him as your Lord and Savior, you confess at your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible says, thou shalt be saved, done, salvation, secure. But I do believe there are some promises of God. There are some prophetic utterances. There are some things that are stored up for us that we determine whether we get or not. I want to give this to you. I believe that it was the intention of God for Moses to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. I believe According to scripture, I believe that this was the initial intention of God. But as Moses began to allow his frustration to get the best of him, God changed the plan. He could have encouraged him. He could have given him everything he needed to get to where he needed to go. Listen, he didn't kept him 120 years. He could have gave him one more. 
but because of his frustration, it followed him into his future and it hindered him. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. It hindered him from getting to his promise. If you don't hear anything else, I tell you. Pastor Michael preached an amazing word at Greater Zion on Monday night. And, and, and what I'm going to tell you was the topic of his sermon. It's not worth it. I don't care how pissed off you are right now. I don't care how bad they hurt you. I don't care how deep the wound goes. I don't care how painful the scar. That frustration is not worth you missing your promise. I'm not expecting y'all to jump and do laps because I know this is heavy. It's heavy to think that I could possibly miss some of the things God has for me because of the way I respond in frustration in this present season. What we do now in frustration will follow us into our future and possibly cause us to miss our promise. Give me some context because I don't get it. Let's go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 20. Go to Numbers chapter 20. You go to Numbers chapter 20, I want you to go to verses 10 through verses 13. Because we got to read this and we got to deal with these nuances. And maybe we can learn from Moses so that we don't miss our promise. And I don't know about anybody else, but I, I would have rather not seen it. Y'all pray for me. I would have been like, just don't show me. Just, okay, if this is where I'm dying, just, just let me die here. I don't want no preview. I don't want no, you know. But because God is a just God, he says, listen, I'll let you see it. You just can't experience it. Now, let's set up Numbers chapter 20. In Numbers chapter 20, this is a very hard time for Moses. And I know some of you, y'all going to lean in and be like, okay, I know who I am today. I'm Moses. Amen. I'm Moses. Here's what's happening right now in chapter 20. Miriam has just died. Miriam, the sister of Moses. The one who literally put him in the basket and made sure that he went. Miriam was the same one that spoke to Pharaoh's daughter and was like, I know somebody who can nurse him. His big sister, the one who he has loved his whole life and has taken care of him and kept an eye on him his whole life. I mean, they had a little issues, you know, along the way, just like you got issues with your sister. So don't, don't get mad at Miriam. But, but he loved Miriam. And at the top of chapter 20, Miriam dies. Peep this. And at the end of chapter 20, Aaron dies. Who is Aaron? Aaron is his brother. Aaron is his consigliere. Aaron is his mouthpiece. Aaron is his family. So chapter 20 is bookend with death. Personal death. Not, not like, you know, like, like somebody far from you died. No, no, no. My brother and my sister. Literally two of my staff members and my family died. And if that's not enough to add to the frustration that Moses had, the people that he's following are yelling at him. I can't read the whole scripture, but you got to read it on your own time. They like, Moses, why you bring us out here? I just felt like that's how they talk. I just feel like that, I feel like that was that. Moses, Moses. I just feel like they was coming at him. And they're like, we thirsty. Why you, we, we had good water in Egypt. We had like bottled water in Egypt. I mean, we had, you know. And they're yelling at him and they're pressing him. And he goes up to the mountain and says, God, I need you to tell me 
what you want me to do. Aaron goes up with him. And Moses is like, God, listen, these people are about to get on my nerves. I just buried my sister. And I don't have time for it today. I am through. I can't with these Israelites today. Come on, all, all the other things that you say. Don't come for me today, Israel. Israel, I wish you would say one more thing to me. When I walk in, Israel, today... <laughs> oh, I got some Moses is in the room. <laughs> Today is not the day, Israel. And so he, he, he goes up and says, Father, you got to tell me something. Now, now, now look at verse 10 of chapter 20 uh, of Numbers. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly and brought them together. Oh, I got to give you this. I got to give you this. I got to give you this. If you look earlier, before verse 10, in verse 9, verse 8, when, they, when he asked God to give him something, God says, okay, Moses, here we, this is what we're going to do. There's a rock there. In Mary condition, there's a rock there. Now, I want you to talk to the rock. This is important context. He says, I want you to talk to the rock. Now, the reason why this is so interesting is because you got to hear this. Pastor, Pastor Wayne gave this to me earlier this year. That's why it's important to study with your pastor sometimes. You got to, you got to, because they got revelation you ain't got yet. I, I was studying with Pastor and, and he was preaching this and, and he began to break it down to me. And, and, and he said, the reason why Moses struggled with this instruction from God, you remember, you got to go all the way back to Exodus. Because God said, I need you to go talk to Pharaoh. And Moses said, I can't. Moses had a, a, a stammering tongue. Moses had a, a issue. He had an issue and, and, and he stuttered. And that's the whole reason why he sent Aaron with him. And so subsequently throughout his whole tenure of leadership, every time he wanted to talk to Israel, he would say, Aaron. Tell Israel, God said to me, do this. And Aaron would say, Moses said, God said, X, Y, Z. And so that was his place of comfort. Can I insert this before we read this passage? Many times we're frustrated not with people, but we're frustrated with God because he's putting us in a place to bring us out of our comfort zone to cause us to do something we're not comfortable doing. Some of his frustration was the death of his sister. Some of his frustration was, was, was Israel complaining. But there was other parts, Avery, of, of, his, of, of his frustration that had to do with the fact that God is calling him to do something that he doesn't feel capable of doing. And how many of us in this room have felt frustrated because God told us to do something that we don't feel like we're capable of doing? So we heard God. God says, speak to the rock. Don't touch it. Speak to it. And here it is. There are some situations in your life that God is telling you it's going to be voice activated. 
don't know who I'm talking. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to because you you've been used to putting your hands on it. You've been used to making it work. You've been used to doing it, and you've been used to putting it. But in this season, God says, "I'm gonna need you to open up your mouth, and I'm gonna need you to speak to this thing because what you need to know is that worlds are made not by hands, but worlds are made by words." So he says, I want you to speak to the rock. If I don't know, I can't say I can't say what Moses felt like, but I do know what we see in verse 10 of chapter 20 of numbers. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. Before the rock. And he said to them, here now. Look, listen to his voice. You rebels. He didn't cuss them out. Moses out here cussing at him. You old, you old, you old rebels. Tired of y'all. Just bearing my sister. God up here telling me I got to talk and I can't, 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 can't talk real good. You shall bring water for you out of this rock. Y'all in here want some rock water? Y'all want rock water? You want some water? For real? You want some water? Huh? Oh, y'all tell y'all quiet now. Oh, you be, you be yelling at me all this time. Now you want some water? And so Moses lifted up his hand, verse 11, and he struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. Now what? Now, Mike, you got it. Here's a keen observation. They're blessed by his disobedience. Don't think you good with God just because you're producing blessings. Don't think that it's all good because you got goods. They drinking, they happy, but he didn't hit the rock twice and he know God told him to speak to the rock. God said, Moses, speak to the rock he said it he said it he said Moses speak to the rock but Moses hits the rock and he hits the rock out of his frustration I'm not saying Moses is a disobedient dude I'm not saying Moses is terrible you're not terrible either but here's what happened to Moses Moses in that moment allowed his frustration to get the best of him. I, I don't do this often, but I need you to help me preach this for a moment. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. whatever you do, don't let your frustration get the best of you. See, that was prophetic. See that? that it, wasn't, it wasn't the same kind of touch your neighbor type thing. Like you felt convicted when they said it to you. Because you know that there are many situations in your life that you allow your frustration to get the best of you and you get to hidden stuff. Oh my God. I, I know y'all trying to make Moses the bad guy, but how many rocks you didn't hit in your life? How, how, how many rocks you didn't smoke? Give him, give him the King James Version. You smote it. You smote it twice. Some of y'all didn't smote it thrice. Out of thine frustration. 
Oh, let me give you King James. Out of the vexation of your heart. People are blessed, but he's in error. So this is why you have to, you cannot allow your, 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 your win to go uncontested. You cannot just say, well, all's well that ends well. They drinking, ain't they? Ain't nobody thirsty. Everybody good. That ain't the end of the verse. We got to keep reading. Look at verse 12. Because <laughs> everybody excited. Verse 11, woo, Everybody excited, right? Verse 12, though, listen to God. Hey, Mo. Huh? <laughs> you, you, am I the only one that get deaf when people you know trying to call you <laughs> and you don't want to talk to them? <laughs> uh-huh. What you, huh? I, I, I missed your call. I'm sorry. I was in a dead zone. No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Moses. Aaron. Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. He didn't talk about Miriam's death. He didn't talk about them and all that they were doing. He said, because you did not uphold me as holy. The old text would say, because you did not sanctify me among the people. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land given them. Now, here's the reality. Moses hit the rock. But Aaron has to suffer the penalty. You hit the rock, but you and Aaron are disqualified now. Be, be careful. Listen, yo, I just felt that in my spirit. Because there's some folk that's rocking with you. And they love you. And they your family. And you're going to mess around and cause them to miss the promise too. I'm out here doing exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I got to die too. You better watch out who you connected to. And this is why we got to get out of this come for me. Listen, I'm checking everybody. You living right today? You doing right? You talking to the Lord? When the last time you prayed? We're going to fast on the first to the third. Fast with me. Come on, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Because I can't afford to miss my promise because you out here doing the food. I, I, I need who, who you sleeping with? Who you talking to? Who in your DM? Let me see your DM. Matter of fact, send me your location. Because I ain't sure where you were at 1127. We don't get no commentary from Aaron, but I'm sure Aaron was lit. Say what? I ain't even do that thing, God. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. I ain't do it. That was Mo. You with him. That's your brother. Ride or die, right? So you're going to die. So I need you to have some real conversation with the folk that you tight with. I 
mean, I'm like, real, real conversations. I'm in, a, I'm in a tension right now. There's some brothers, I, I have to have real conversations. We're like, hey, man, hey, 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 hey. We connected. And here's the thing. If we're going to be family, yeah. we got to be family. If I don't have the right to check you, you might as well take me off your tree. If we can't have real conversations, stop inviting me to your parties. Don't, 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 even, don't even call me an associate. You can act like I don't exist. Because if my word to you is offensive, you have to assume that because of my love for you, I'm telling you what you need to hear. Now, Here's the presupposition. The presupposition is that you've done your due diligence about your relationships. And if they are there, then they are worth questioning. I'll give you a reference later on, but there's a book entitled Humble Inquiry. And in the book it says that we ought to have enough relational equity with people to at least ask a question. I'm not trying to come for you. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to interrogate you. I'm just asking, so where you been? Now, the thing that makes it feel interrogational is the fact that you know that there's something hidden behind where you've been. Yeah. I, I, just, I just want to put that parenthetical note in there because Aaron misses the promised land even though he's been doing what he's supposed to be doing. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. We have to understand, we have to understand that everything that is coming in our future is connected to what we're doing now. And so the waters flowed, the people drank, then they quarreled again, and now Moses and Aaron have lost their admission. To the promised land. Now we got to reverse engineer this. And we got to deal with this in a way. That will help us so that we don't miss our promised land. If you go back. To Deuteronomy. In verse 51 he says. You broke faith with me. In the midst of the people of Israel. That word broke faith with me. Listen. In the, in the Hebrew. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's malal. Malal. And it literally means to be treacherous or faithless. In other words, God says, Moses, you were treacherous and faithless toward me. How though? Because you treated me according to the circumstances that were in your life. You didn't give it to me. You treated me like that. Wait a minute. God says to Moses, they were tripping with you, and so you transferred the tripping to me. No, 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 I didn't didn't do that. I didn't do that. Moses, as the covenant mediator, had 
proven to be disloyal to the covenant commitment in the time of an unusual trial. Here it is. God promised great things to Moses and to Israel. But because in a moment of peril, Moses, instead of, instead of doing it to Israel, listen, y'all pray for me. I feel like God would have, y'all pray for me, because I, 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 this, be, this could be full conjuncture. But I feel like God would have given him more grace if he popped somebody that was running their mouth in the mouth. <laughs> y'all just pray for me. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm making an allusion to the text. I'm not saying this in the text, okay? I'm making, I'm like, Paul, you know, just, just wrestle with me in my machination for a minute. I, I, I feel like if he was like, shut up, I'm talking here. Like, I feel like God would have gave him a little grace on that as opposed to him hitting the rock. That's not Some of us, we're in trouble because we hit the wrong thing. Bible says you can be angry. God ain't got no problem with you being angry. But what does your anger translate to? Be very careful that when we are going through frustrating times that we do not allow our frustration to cause us to be disloyal to the commandments of God. Notice what God says. He says you went through a hard situation and instead of putting it in the situation, you decided to be disobedient to me. Now, before we laugh at Moses or before we wag our finger at Moses, how many times have we allowed frustration to translate into unfaithfulness? God ain't do nothing to you. But he's the one that don't get talked to. God ain't do nothing to you. That was that trifling person that they told you not to date in the first place. It wasn't Jesus. But he's the one that's wayward from you. He's the one, rather, that's estranged from you. God ain't never hit you. But he's the one that has to deal with the silent treatment. Not only that, he goes on to say, you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the people, which speaks of a failure to uphold holiness. This failure, watch this, it meant that he did not give proper consideration to who God is. That is, he, he gave a denial of his lordship in that moment. He did not consider God but reduced him to human level. Here's how he reduced God to human level. Because when, when, you put me on, when you put God on human level, you make what he says optional. Anytime you make an instruction of God optional, you just demoted God in your life. Anytime God says something for you to do, and you decide that you're going to do something else, you just told God, you're an option for me. Therein, he removed God from his place of holiness and put him at a place of commonality. And this is what caused him to miss the promised land. 
can we get the answer? Can we get some solution before we get out of here so everybody don't leave depressed? Like, Lord, I didn't hit too many rocks. Lord, I ain't, I ain't going to make it. I ain't going to make it. I'm going to live in this place forever because I'm not getting to the promised land. That's not your lot. I promise. That's not your lot. That's not your lot. Here's my, here's, here's my first point of instruction. First point of instruction. You ready? The only suitable place for your frustration to land is on the faithfulness of God. The only suitable or the most suitable place for your frustration to land. Don't get to talking about people. Don't put your mouth on nobody. Don't, 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 get, to, don't get to tearing up somebody on social media. Don't, don't, don't get to blocking people and all that kind of crazy stuff. No, take your frustration and put it on God. Now watch this. You give it to him. Don't, don't, don't be frustrated at him. Give your frustrations to him. Don't hurt God. Tell God you hurt. Don't dismiss God. Tell God, God, I've been dismissed. Can I help you? God wants to be your best daddy. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Even if you had a great father, God says, I want to be greater than your greatest daddy. I want to do something for you that you thought could never be done. Listen, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your anxieties on him. Because he cares for you. When you're frustrated, I know you got that, that, that homeboy, that homegirl. I know you got the beauty that you talk. You can't believe this. What will happen if you fell on your face? Right in the midst of that, it's like, Father, Father, you know exactly what just happened. You know I want to blow up the whole spot. You know I want to destroy their marriage right now. But help me. I was in a class yesterday, and the lady was giving a testimony, and she was like, listen, if I don't have a valentine, I'm going to publicize my DM so none of y'all have a valentine. Oh, my gosh. That is terrible. You may have plenty of ammo in your gun. You may have just cause to hit all type of rock. But if you want to preserve your promise, take your frustrations and put them in the place that can handle them. God, he lied to me. I know, daughter. God, she destroyed my... I know, I know, son. I know. God, they hurt... I know, I know. Why did they die? I know, I know. But I care for you. And in that space, he will minister to you I can't describe it to you, but I know there's a couple of people in here that have, that have done what this scripture says. I know there's a couple of people in here that have took your anxiety and just fell at the face of the Lord. Listen, we don't, we don't segregate the first of the month for prayer just because we love God so much. We understand that it can be therapeutic for you. We didn't make this big old gap because we just wanted to look cute. No, we said we want to create an atmosphere in this church where if any point in time somebody needs to labor for the Lord, they can do so. And there are times when you say, listen, I can't talk to my husband. I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to mama. I can't talk to daddy. But here's what I'm going to it's the It just happened to be the first. I'm going to go to Heavenly Vision and I'm going to stay there for three hours. Don't talk to me. I'm going to put my phone in the car and I'm going to lay at that altar and I'm going to stay there until I feel better. I'm going to stay there until the Holy Spirit speaks to me and removes this frustration 
i.e. aggression? He says, cast your cares on me. Come to my altar. Come lay with me. Come, come talk to me. It ain't got to be a servant. Just come, come in the room and come stay with me. And I promise you, I care for you. Let's go further. Here's the next point I got for you. We're almost out of here. You must never allow man's waywardness to overshadow God's holiness. Never allow God, the, the, the waywardness of man, rather, to overshadow God's holiness. Look at verse, uh, uh, chapter, First uh, Peter, chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. First Peter, chapter 3, verse 15 and 17. You see it on the screen. It says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason of the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Here it is. For it is better to suffer for doing good. If that should be God's will, then for doing evil. Jesus says, sanctify Christ in your heart. Get, you, get your heart right. And even if you got to go through slander, even if they're saying something that's not true, even if you got to deal with something, better for you to absorb that and do right, watch this, than to allow what they say to give you license to do what's wrong and then you don't even have insurance for your suffering. I said it too fast. Okay. Righteous suffering is insured. Insured. Blessed are those when they speak evil against you. In other words, I got a blessing for you for every time they say something about you that's not true. But you, watch this. You, you invalidate your insurance when you allow what they said and what they did to validate you going and saying something and doing something that you go regret too. You invalidate your righteous insurance. Jesus says you suffer Every time you suffer, I got to pay you back, whether now or in glory. But if you allow your frustration to morph you into something that God didn't create you to be and act in a way that God did not create you to act, he says, I'm not paying you back for that. And as a matter of fact, you might incur penalties. Help us, Jesus. <laughs> Here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. So I'm going to hang my hat. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. All my school ministry students, those in this, this class, this is a classic representation of the point or the tool, uh, herm, the hermeneutical tool of double reference. You ready? Here it is. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. Our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, verse 2, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and ate the same spiritual food 
Here it is, verse 4. And all drank the same spiritual drink. Watch this, Kena. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. In the Old Testament, To smite someone, don't miss this, meant to reject them. Anytime you smote someone twice, it meant I'm rejecting you. This is, this is why when, when, when Jesus was, was, was in the Sanhedrin and, and they were getting ready to, to uh, they, they were getting ready to crucify him, they said, wow. they smote their chest to say, we disregard or we disconnect ourselves from you. Moses missed the promised land because he hit the rock. The rock is Jesus. Paul, Paul, uh, remember, double reference, school of ministry student, double reference. Remember, we're at Numbers 20, and we don't get the answer all the way till 1 Corinthians 10. Why was God so mad at Moses about hitting this rock? Aaron built a whole false god, and he didn't get that mad. He got mad, and he missed the promised land because he hit Jesus. In essence, he rejected the power of God in his life and he did it in front of the people. So my question to you is, what do you do with Jesus? Mm, I'm leaving, Kenneth. Wait, watch this. Because here's what I've learned. And this, y'all pray for me because I'm wrestling with this in my life. And not just in heavenly vision context. So I don't want nobody to think I'm coming for them. This is in my whole life. I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an actual person. And I need you to understand this. That, 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 that there, there are people who seek my counsel even outside of the walls of heavenly vision. There are pastors and, and families that come to seek my counsel. And here's what I'm noticing. Not just in heavenly vision, but in the church, in the body of Christ as, as, as large. Is that life hits you. Watch this. And you hit Jesus back. The, the, the church is struggling right now because Jesus is being hit over and over again. Your life get hard and then you leave Jesus. No, no, no. You don't leave your life. You leave the church of Jesus Christ. You not. You stop studying. You stop praying. You stop living holy. And Jesus is constantly taking the hits for the world's fault. I'm going through, and so I hit Jesus because he's an easy target. But if God is the same God that kept Moses, his choice leader, out of the promised land, what do you think God's going to keep you out of? If you keep hitting Jesus... For what other folk are doing to you. Everybody life hard. Everybody going through. But don't make Jesus suffer because of what people are doing to you. Or what you mean. Jesus loved you more than you love him. I'm finished. You can play the Metacritic's music, Rodney. 
No, seriously. Seriously. I need, I need, you, to, I need you to leave here very sober. And if you got to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Because folk are missing their destiny. Because God says, listen, I love my son more than I love you. And if you hit my son, I'll hit your promise. Hit my son again. I'll touch your whole destiny. You'll be struggling for the rest of your life. You'll come to heaven broke. Because you're not going to keep hitting my son. He didn't already gave you salvation. He didn't already poured out his life to save yours. And so you want me to give you riches and you keep denying him? You want me to take that cancer away and you can't even worship him consistently? And I told you, I wrestled with this word. I was like, you want me to preach this today? Challenge. You got to challenge. We all got to challenge. You, I, 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 I ain't make nothing up. You've seen it. The rock is who? Moses got, wait, listen, Moses did a lot of bad stuff. Moses killed a man. And he still was good with God. But when he hit that rock, when he hit Jesus, and he hit him again, God said, enough. Enough is enough. Come here, Mo. I didn't spoke to you. You the only person I'm talking to in the whole world. I didn't gave you my law. I didn't gave you everything. I didn't gave you my whole life. I don't talk to nobody but you. But I cannot stand here and let you hit my son one more time. So I'll see you in heaven, but you're not going to hit my son again. You're not going to walk in that promise and hit my son again. You're not going to do it. so I'm begging you listen listen God has given me prophetic utterance about your lives I have prophesied to many of you I have told you many things but if you want a chance to see it happen before you die stop hitting Jesus stop blaming him he didn't do it you can hit me you can blame me blame my wife blame another pastor blame somebody else hit me I'm a human but God's sake stop hitting Jesus stop turning your back on him you ain't got to be here you can find another church you can find another pastor it don't matter to me but stop hitting Jesus don't turn your back on him you can, you can block me. You can stop texting me. You don't, we don't have to have any type of relationship. I'll see you in heaven. But no matter what you do, stop hitting Jesus. You know how long it's been since you consecrated yourself. You know how long it's been since you really fell on your face and talked to him. You know how long it's been since you really opened that scripture for yourself and let him talk to you and let him change you. You know where you are in your life. We don't have to prophesy nothing to anybody. We don't have to put nobody's business out here. You know where you are. And I feel like I have a word of warning to you. Listen, do not hit Jesus again. Notice what the scripture is. Peter says, sanctify Christ in your own heart. That ain't a church scripture. 
That ain't the assembly. No, that's at your house, in your car, in your marriage, in your own space. He said, listen, you need to make yourself a sanctuary for Jesus. So I need to take a moment. God gave Paul revelation. He said, Paul, I need you to understand, Paul. I need you to understand because some of y'all think that I'm mad. Some of y'all think that I'm a cold to, to keep Moses at the promised land, but he hit my son. What would you do if somebody hit your child? What would you do if somebody consistently brutalized your son? Would you bless them? Would you give to them? He's a father. He's a real father. And he says, I already gave him to you. So I'm not going to sacrifice him and then allow y'all to abuse him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I need you just to consider, hallelujah, just to consider. Consider the ways that you have taken out your frustration with God in your unfaithfulness, in your disobedience, in your waywardness. And I need you to take a moment right now to just repent. And even if you need to find a place at this altar, I open the altar. The altar is open. But I need you to get in a posture of repentance right now and because I don't want you to miss your destiny. I don't want you to miss your promise. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, every son and every daughter, we apologize for hitting Jesus. We apologize, God. We repent. I was frustrated and so I stopped coming. I was frustrated and so I stopped praying. I was frustrated and so I stopped studying. I was frustrated and so I stopped giving. I was frustrated and so I stopped sowing. I was frustrated and so I stopped standing. But I repent of it today, God. I don't want to hit Jesus. You said, speak to me. You told us to speak to the rock. So God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that we will, we will turn down our aggression toward you and we will open up our mouth and speak to you. Whatever we're going through, we will have a conversation with Christ. We will not isolate ourselves. We will not segregate ourselves from you, God. But we will have a conversation with you. You told Moses to speak to the rock. And you tell us today to speak to you. And so whether we're at this altar or whether we've made an altar right there in our seat, God, allow us to get our hearts, our minds, our spirits, our souls in a posture of repentance. So that we do not miss our promise. And so we as the pastor of leaders, pastors, just, just, just walk around the sanctuary for a minute and just begin to pray. Pray a prayer of emissary. Pray a prayer. We, 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 we stand as emissaries for the people of God. We, we, we take march of repentance. Make this a day of atonement for heavenly vision. Make this a day of atonement for us. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. We repent, God, for our sons and our daughters, for the people that aren't even in the room today, for the people that are watching on live stream, God. We give offerings of repentance. We give offerings of repentance. We will not hit Jesus. 
We will not smoke Jesus. But we will speak to him. We will speak to him. When we're frustrated, we'll speak to him. When we're hurting, we'll speak to him. When we're grieving, we'll speak to him. When we're wrestling, we'll speak to him. When we're challenged, we'll speak to him. But we will not hit him anymore. We will not turn our back on your bride. We will not turn our back on your son. We will not turn our backs, God. We rebuke the spirit of suicide. We rebuke the spirit of frustration. We rebuke the spirit of depression. We rebuke the spirit of defeat. This is the confidence that we have. In every challenge, we have faith. Yes, your scripture says this is the confidence that we have. That in every challenge, we have faith. And so let faith arise among your people. Let faith arise among your people. Reestablish yourself as holy among us, God. We reestablish you as holy. Thank you. That's our job. We, we apologize. That is our job. So we will reestablish you as holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy. You're holy in our finances. You're holy in our marriage. You're holy in our relationships. You're holy in our jobs. You're holy in our houses. You're holy in our schools. You're holy in our relationships. You're holy in our jobs. speak a spirit of faith upon every person under the sound of my voice. Faith, faith, faith. Let faith arise in this room. Let faith arise in this room. Let us not fall back from faith. Let us not fall back from faith. Let us not fall back from faith. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.